Welcome to the Jali Podcast, a podcast from the Nari Collective, creating a space for oral documentation between and about African women working to tackle macroeconomic inequalities using a Pan-African feminist lens. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miner. In this episode, we catch up with former host Crystal Simeone and introduce you to our new direction for the Jali Podcast. Happy listening! Hello, everyone, and welcome back after a really long time. The four episodes were recorded in 2020, and we've been through a whole pandemic, elections, queens dying, all sorts of things, but really happy to be back. And just a little bit about me. This is Crystal Simeone, and I was, and we'll tell you about why was, the host of Jolly. And we have with us Elizabeth Mina, who was, also was, not anymore, was the producer of Jolly and who we will tell you a little bit more about a bit later. But we'd like to start off with a little bit of what we've been up to in the time since we stopped recording. And also maybe Elizabeth, say a hi. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing? This is Elizabeth Miner, as Crystal said, formerly the producer of the Jolly podcast. Crystal, you are about to tell us what you've been up to since our last recording. Yeah, so Jolly started as a project as part of my LSE fellowship on inequality and on social and economic inequality. And part of the project was to do this podcast, which was so interesting and so much fun, but so much work at the same time. Since then, we've been doing a lot. We've been up to so much. Uh, we started the Nawi Afrofem Macroeconomics Collective. It's been up for two and a half years. So we're a little two-year-old with pigtails causing tantrums on the scene. And that's what we've been doing. We focus on a pan-African feminist analysis of macro-level economic issues or political economy issues from, you know, from that lens. Everything from debt to trade to public services. So our landscape of play is a regional space, but also global space, global facing. And we're all about building knowledge, contributing to a body of knowledge that's generated by African feminists and African women that are able to analyze our own problems based on our our nuances, our histories, our contexts, and also then give propositional alternatives to these issues. It's a space that's a little tough. There's not very many people in the space. The movement is growing and we're really happy to be a small part of that growing movement. Elizabeth, what have you been up to? I have actually been up to a lot. I joined, I also joined the Nawi Afrifem Collective. And as part of that, I'm going to talk about some of the work that we've been doing around that uh, together and separately. And I've also been producing another podcast called the People Versus Inequality podcast, also focusing on inequality, but more on a global scale, but with a focus on putting forward like women's voices who are doing different sorts of activism against inequality from different regions of the world. And I really enjoyed how my work has taken on like a very feminist, a very people-centered collective action type of work. I've been writing. Yes, I have been writing and will like the, the results of that writing shall also be highlighted 
shortly, I am sure. But I've been doing all this wonderful work. And one of the things that I've been doing is also putting together a portal, a knowledge portal for Nawi. And this was the brainchild of Fatima Kaleha. And because you and Fatima are the ones who approached me to do this work, Crystal, would you like to tell us a bit about the knowledge portal? Sure. So we you know, we've been working on this knowledge portal, which has been such a journey. The knowledge portal was the brainchild of Fatima Kelleher, who has been thinking about for quite a number of years, you know, dreaming and wishing there was a central place where you could find African women's thought leadership on all things macro level economics, from debt to agriculture, to trade, to structural transformation, all of those things. And so we started on this journey And Elizabeth has been curating this knowledge portal to be able to put everything that African women have thought, written, spoken about in one central place so that we can push back on this idea that African women don't think, don't write, don't produce knowledge on, you know, what is sometimes deemed as, you know, the technicalities of the economy at a, at a macro level. So there's a twofold approach to this. We curate, you know, journals and books and articles and peer-reviewed journals and those kinds of things because they're there. And we are writing and we are producing knowledge. And, you know, it's a statement to that. On the other hand, as well, it's a project to decolonize what knowledge is and pushing this idea that knowledge doesn't have to be just written. And, and, you know, when we started Jali, this was also part of the vision of the podcast. It's to reclaim African oral traditions of, you know, passing on knowledge and wisdom and thought. And so we also curate uh, podcasts and webinars and speeches and art if we can find it. It's a bit harder to find art speaking to macro level economic policies, but, you know, we're trying. And it's been such a joy and such a privilege to work alongside associates like Elizabeth, who are growing the portal. And I think by the last count, it was Elizabeth, correct me if I'm wrong, 1,100 entries. Yes, we have over 1,100 entries. And I absolutely love that we have managed to collect that much information that, and that a majority of it is not like your traditional outputs, like you said, your policy papers, your academic journals. There's a word that you just mentioned, technical. And as I was reflecting on the work that we have been doing on the portal, the thing that I have to highlight that has changed the most for me when I think about like macroeconomics and women and the type of work that we have been doing is that it's humanized. When you interact with a video, when you interact with a podcast, when someone is talking about the type of work that they're doing in whatever sector, whether it's on climate change, whether it's on debt, whether it's on women's labor, we had a lot of work on the portal due to COVID and inter- intersection between COVID and women's labor. There's been a personalization that has managed for me, and I think for a lot of people who inter- interact with um, with the knowledge portal as well, to then humanize macroeconomics because it's not only about GDP. It's how are the policies that are being enacted, the policies that are being implemented, how are they affecting women at the base level, access to resources, whether or not they, their children are able to access services like, you know, healthcare, education. There's been a personalization of this big terms and it's been broken down to like, you know, basic living and breathing human beings. And I love that for us. 
that's really cool. And I think that it's, you know, the, the knowledge portal is growing into this place where it, I don't know how to say, like flows between like artful, creative knowledge products, but we can also back it up with like scientific, you know, hardcore policy documents, and then go back to a webinar or a podcast recording. And it's in those transitions and the ability to lock it back to lived experiences that's so important. And Lino Summit, she was on the opening plenary of this year's IAFI in Geneva. And something that just struck me and has stayed with me since then was she spoke about processes must always go through coming from the concrete into abstraction or theorization, but always must come back down to the concrete. And I think it's so important to center that way of thinking as we do the work that we do, because it's such a temptation to just start theorizing without grounding it in actual lived experiences. And it really links back to this call from feminists to move beyond just quantitative data. And you should have qualitative data that can bring alive, you know, lived experiences and our stories and our lives, because we're not just numbers. Mm. We're stories and we're narratives and we're people with histories and futures and visions and imaginations. And so it's been so amazing to have the portal. I mean, we've had some interesting people from international media houses writing to us to ask for, you know, contact details from certain people. It's also interesting to be able to document like Twitter threads, which, you know, not very many people have thought of as data points or knowledge but there's so much rich knowledge in that data and maybe we'll start documenting tiktok videos too i mean you know that's also an area right <laughs> no I, I completely agree with you i think i would absolutely love to put a couple of tiktoks with um, a dancing feminist just telling you about you know all the different ways the world has us uh, screwed over or yeah also highlight all the different ways that there is hope because that's the that's the tension that we must live in um, yeah. to not just produce information that makes people like let's say panic about what's going on but also highlight the more hopeful things highlight how the feminist perspective is then calling out or calling in people to have to do a, a more holistic approach in how they live their lives, how they interact with the economy, how they interact with their land, to understand that all these things are connected. Yeah, and, and there's a growing body of knowledge on feminist economic alternatives, right? But we also must be yeah. careful to make sure that we're documenting African feminist economic alternatives, of which there are so many. Yes. So my last question to you, Elizabeth, is mm-hmm. as you've been curating the knowledge portal, What has been your most exciting bits of this journey and what has been your most challenging? In terms of exciting, it's just what I highlighted earlier about the humanization of the knowledge that we're not just thinking about abstract terms, that whether, like you had said, it's an art piece, it's an exhibition and extractives is able to lay out so clearly in ways that we can all connect with about how extractivism as a complex is affecting like not only the miners, but the communities that surround them in different parts of the continent, mostly in the southern region, because that's where we see a lot of that. So it's the humanization of that and also the hopefulness of seeing women fight back, whether they are peasant farmers 
who are now doing seed saving to fight back the Monsantos of this world. That has been the most exciting thing to see the, the different pockets of hope all over the continent because it's not all doom and gloom. But even as I highlight that, I also have to say that the biggest challenge has been in finding the information because of the nature of extraction that has happened. A lot of these researchers or a lot of the contributors to the work are often not cited or their name is hidden like at the bottom of a report with a long list of other people. Yet we know that the, that was the person on the ground who collected the information. A lot of them collated the information to bring out a certain narrative, but then their work is not acknowledged. And one of the things that in terms of movement building, I would love to push back on um, would be the thing about citing African women and ensuring that they're properly cited. We're not just here to collect the information. We are no longer the workhorses. We are also the producers of the information. And this must be acknowledged correctly, referenced and correctly archived that others who come after us will find the work and be like, yes, here's a solid body of work that mm. is true, that's speaks to lived experiences. And yeah, I'm glad to see that this, this is happening and that we are all working towards that. Yeah, and I think uh, Nawi has a hashtag that we use, which is hashtag women, And I'm sure Elizabeth will put the link to the website, the knowledge portal, and the hashtag on the notes of this podcast. But now... I would like to talk a little bit about the vision and the future of this podcast, actually, of Jolly, and what we envision for it and why this is a special episode for us. Let's talk a little bit about the vision for Jolly, Elizabeth. Our vision for this podcast is to re-examine how global and economic structural inequalities bear down on African women and how this affects, like I said before, their access to resources from education to healthcare to land agriculture, like how all these things work together to deny um, women's like a full lived experience. And our idea is to have our guests interrogate how to reimagine a future that is inclusive and just, drawing back to our vision for a Pan-African feminist approach towards macroeconomics. The idea for JALI is that it will be an opportunity for us to reimagine just what an inclusive future that is Pan-Africanist, that is a feminist looks like. And I want to go on a journey with our guests to ask them how their work, how their lived experiences and how their imagination gets us to this place of dreaming new dreams for ourselves. I really like the way you posited this idea of dreaming and like dreaming up a new reality and a world, especially because we live in a world where dreaming has been so stripped from our everyday lives and our way of being that is kind of scary, but so, so necessary, right? And because we're doing this dreaming work and centering African voices, African women's voices specifically, how do you see this linking back to the knowledge portal that you have poured in so much of your passion, your time, your energy doing? How does a podcast link back to the knowledge portal beyond just being a source of knowledge to include on the knowledge portal, sort of like this matrix? I think for me, the thing that I want to do is 
humanize again our conversations, humanize the type of work that we are doing, because that's the thing that's missing, right? That we pour so much of ourselves into this work, but it ends up becoming almost faceless, both in form and there's a way that we lose ourselves in our work. And I want to pull back from that. I'd love to ask our guests, like, what was your thought process as you put together this piece of work? Or what has been the thing that you're most hopeful about as you do your work? What is the thing that breaks your heart? How do you go about the process of imagining and dreaming and strategizing and building movements? Uh, These are some of the questions that I'd love for us to discuss and find out together about what an inclusive future means for all of us. So am I getting this right, that you will have some people whose work you featured or we featured on the Knowledge Portal to be guests on the Jolly podcast? Yes, definitely. And I think for us, the first thing is that we're going to do the podcast in a series format. So for our first series, we're going to focus on the African continental free trade area and what this means, how it would make trade and the idea of trade between and across the region work better for African women. I'm really looking forward to it. I know there's been a lot of confusion around the AFCFTA and all that's there. First of all, it's very hard to get information about the AFCFTA and the process, but also It's just not been discussed in formats outside of like policy briefs and analysis and those kinds of things. So it would be really great. And I'm really looking forward to those sorts of conversations coming alive in actual conversation on this podcast. But really now for the big moment, and we're recording this on the eve of Kenya's inauguration, our presidential inauguration, which happens tomorrow. I don't know when this podcast will be out. And so in the spirit of being in this inauguration space and handing over power, (laughs) and batons (laughs) and things like that. I am stepping down as the host of Jolly and handing it over, like we need music and champagne and confetti (laughs) at this point, to Elizabeth Miner, who will forward, you know, onwards, be your host, your very able host, your producer. And she's really holding the Jolly space, say for one episode where I think I will be interviewing her about a paper she wrote on the creative economy and the AFCFTA. But over to you, Elizabeth, what are your initial thoughts, feelings? What are you scared about? What are you most excited about? I'm super, super excited about moving Jali forward, building on initial vision, to building movements, to building worlds, to reimagining what the future looks like. All right, Elizabeth, the ship is in your hands now, in your very able hands. I'm really excited to see where this goes and to listen to all the amazing conversations you will have. All my very best, all my best, best wishes. And I'm sending all my ancestors your way to walk with you and the Jolly podcast. Oh, thank you, Crystal. That's very sweet of you. I look forward to how it will develop and all the exciting conversations that we're going to have. Thank you very much for handing over your baby. Now that you're all caught up on what we've been up to, We invite you to join the next step of our journey. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your networks. Until the next episode of the Jolly Podcast. Thank you.